Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast exploring and celebrating the glory that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. Let me be your halo, because we've been through hell and back in only one night. And I'm Ryan, and let me be your halo, because heaven can't wait for us to finish this fight. Oh, I guess we'll come back to that later in the episode. Maybe. Ah. Maybe. There's a hook for our listeners. (laughs) What episode are we at, Ryan? So, welcome to episode 21. Gosh. Vantayun. As I live and breathe. Yes. So, what have we got in store? Anything exciting? Are you excited about any particular song? Yes, I am. There's two. (laughs) One that I'm excited about that's quite Uh new-ish. And the other one that's super old, but quite new to me. Okay. Mm -hmm. What about you? Yeah, there's some good songs here. It's a, it's a kind of an eclectic selection, although inevitably lots of female singers. Then. <laughs> Spoiler alert, sorry about it, yeah. but that's kind of what you're here for at this point. Yeah, if you're still listening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's Eurovision, there's a lot of female singers. Mm. Yeah. So, I have one word for you, Ryan. Does it start with an M? It does. <laughs> Malm. 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 Mm. <laughs> not what we were expecting. Oh, I know, and not what we were wanting. We have so many friends or in <laughs> or around Stockholm that we could have bloody stayed with in an actual bed. Yep. Oh, no, that's been thipping, flipping, flipping <laughs> Malmö. Yeah. Oh, good. So if we know anyone in Malmö that listens to the pod... Yes, give us a bed. We can see you listening. Yes, we can. <laughs> Malmo listeners, we love you. We love Malmo. They're we want to get to know Malmo. I hear that they're better than people that are in Stockholm. That's what I've heard as well. Mm. Yeah. And it's not at all to do with getting a bed. No. No, it's just what we've heard. Just that they're good people. Good people. Sexy people. Yep. Generous people. Generous. Fun-loving people. More beautiful than anyone else. Oh, I haven't heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Just trying to think about the the Swedish word for beautiful, isn't it? Vakra? I don't know. Or is it vaka? It's something like that. I don't know. Anyway, enough of this nonsense. We will get to Malmö somehow. Although we do plan to stay with our Stockholm friends when we go to uh, Melfest, because we are going to go to Melfest. Oh, we're doing the Melfest finale. Regardless. Regardless. And the... Melfest party weekend or the Melfest party weekend. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're taken over by a robot then. From Was the, is it Mellow weekend or what do they call it? Melfest. Yeah, they do call it Mellow as well. Do they? Yeah. There's too many different words for it. There is. I agree. Although nothing will top last year. What was that? Our first Melody oh, Festival exactly, in yeah. seeing and the actual Lorraine overall win. winner. No, I know. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. What that was a silly question. Yeah, we're never going to beat that. No, but we'll we'll enjoy it. I hope to see Kiana and other returnees. I've got my fingers crossed for Dotter. Have you? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Yeah. 
So we are going to get into episode 21 proper. So what's the structure of the show? I'm glad you asked. We have seven songs in seven different categories. The first three are from different periods in Eurovision history. Leans over to read notes. We start with a song from the last five years, then a song from five to 15 years ago. And then the third category is anything pre-2009. That's a big chunk of time. Is it? Is it? Do you want to pick lots of songs from before then? No. (laughs) (laughs) The second three will be a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi-finals, and the Juice Award for an act that never got to Eurovision but should have done. So got stuck in its national selection. You sound like you're talking about a new category that you've never done I know! (laughs) My brain just... Well... (laughs) For a peek behind the curtain, you read my bit, so I'm now reading your bit. Oh, I didn't realise I did that. <laughs> Someone's got one can deep and they're already a little bit boisterous. I need another drink. The final song is when we hand over to the randomizer. This is a song from any time in Eurovision history. My arms are flung wide yeah. here. <laughs> Where is it going to be? Quick guess. 63. 63. Oh, I hope not. I think it's going to be 81. I don't know Ooh. why. don't know why. So... Is that all we've got to say? We that's, all we, that's all the bit that we do now. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for the guidance. All right. If you're on board for those seven songs in those seven different categories and the general nonsense that we proffer, then it is time to play that familiar anthem. First up is a song from the last five years. What we got? We've got a song called Die Diept, which I think means The Depth, by the singer S10, representing the Netherlands in 2022. <laughs>
So that was S10, real name Stien Den Hollander. She goes professionally by S10. What do you make of that performance and that song? I remember not rating this song until that performance. And then there was just something about it that was just so... It just grabbed me and I was like, oh yeah. God, I actually love this. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I love it. <laughs> but did you feel like at the semi-final that it still didn't grab you enough? No, I think it was probably from the semi-final. Okay. Yeah, the first time I saw it on the Eurovision stage, okay. I yeah. was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I think I remember because we weren't watching this one together, I was texting you and I was yeah. like, oh my God, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got a, a stark quality that I like. Yeah. It's not overproduced. She's not wearing... I mean, it's, a, it's kind of a fancy black outfit, but it's, it's about her voice... It's about the purity of her expression. You know, I like the fact that she's not wearing a lot of makeup. There's not a lot of stuff going on with her hair. It's quite, it's almost lank, actually. She's also quite androgynous, which I yeah. think is quite deliberate. And yeah. I like that too. Yeah, there's sort of this alien androgynous sort of very simply, not over the top. Yeah. But like you say, everything's so simple. She's wearing black. Yeah. There's very sparse lighting. Mm-hmm. At one point, she's backlit, so everything's white behind her, and then there's just a silhouette of her, mm. and then she is gradually relit. And the most she does is she walks off of a bit of a plinth down into the centre front of the stage, and there's just such a connection with the audience in that, mm. in those moments. And everyone's singing it. They're singing the like the bridge and the chorus because it's got sort of that anthemic. Yeah. Absolutely, that quality. Rhythm to it, hasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then she gets quite emotional right at the very end. and Because it, yeah. it, it then comes back down to a really tiny, delicate sort of outro. Yeah. And her voice, not it doesn't break, but you can feel the emotion in it, can't you? And it's better to feel the emotion than an overproduced end to the song where it's just at all the, the notes are on point. It's not about that. Yeah. It's about telling the story, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. It's, it's an emotional journey, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. And by that point, you sort of wrung out. Yeah. She puts her all into it. And it's no surprise to hear that this is a song that meant a lot to her. It's about her struggles with mental health when she was a teenager. Okay. Um, so Dan Hollander, as she's known, suffered from um, a lot of mental health issues, depression, hallucinations. And she was admitted to a psychiatric ward following a suicide attempt. Gosh. When she was 14. Yeah. So this is... Music was her way of working out who she was and and how to move forward, I guess. But a huge thing to put on your shoulders, isn't it? Just a few years later, I mean, she's she was twenty two when she did this, but still a, a big thing, isn't it? Mm, absolutely. Yeah. I just wanted to share some of the lyrics so we can understand what she's singing about. In a way, it doesn't matter because the emotion just comes through, doesn't it? Yeah. And I don't need to know. I know it's something emotional emotionally deep you know you, you you sort of hang on every single word yeah yeah but let's just hear what it meant anyway do you know that feeling when your dream does not come true are you sometimes scared that it'll always stay the same because it rains every day and you don't see anything at all you and i together that would be forever and then we have the chorus which is um all the tadas and ooh here in the deep i hear your name over and again ooh oh my love what i would do i am deep and i don't want to let you go and then the second chorus is, I hide underneath the table and I hope you find me. I've waited the whole evening already. Oh, I'm like a child. I grit my teeth and I know you do that too. But God, what else can I do? When is it enough? So yeah, it's quite wretched lyrics. Mm. Clearly about depression and being in the deep is what she's calling this feeling. Mm. Yeah. Her exact words on the song were, it's a tribute to the sadness and memories that you carry with you. Everyone experiences difficult times in their lives. 
that's something we all have in common, and I hope people will feel less alone when they listen to the song. Wow. Yeah. Lovely. So I must imagine that that, the whole audience joining in with that bridge and chorus must have really sort of proven that point in a way. Yeah. That everyone was together in that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a beautiful thing that Eurovision can be sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. What position do you think it came... This feels really cheap then to ask you what position <laughs> did it come, but I am going to ask you, what position did it come in the semi-final and what position did it come in the final? I hope it was top five in the semi, but I can't actually remember. Hmm. And I feel like it was pretty middle of the table on the actual night. So I'm going to say 12. Okay. So it was second in one of the semi-finals. Oh, okay. Yeah. And it was 11th. So you were very good Oof. there. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, you did well. I mean, I, I was there. Like, I watched it on the I telly. I know, but you've forgotten positions. But like yeah, I've yeah. forgotten positions. But don't you think it's weird that it drops from 2nd to 11th? And was the other semi-final stronger? Or was it because it was 11th also in the running order, so it was quite early on in the contest? It's so hard to know, isn't it? I think the big five were all quite big that year, weren't oh, they? okay. Yeah, I suppose it was the Sam Ryder year, wasn't it? Sam Ryder, Spain. Oh, yeah. And the other semi-final, which I don't remember, but hey. Yeah. So that was S10 of Den Hollander with the Diept, the depth. So up next, we've got our 5 to 15 years, which is 2009 to 2018. Who have we got? We've got No Degree of Separation by Francesca Michelon, who represented Italy in 2016.
Okay, so that was Francesca Michelin from Italy in 2016 singing No Degree of Separation. What did we think of that performance? I like the blending of the Italian into English and back into Italian. It's a nice way of kind of making sure that everyone's part of the party. Hmm. Because it's quite Italian when it's Italian. It is very Italian when it's Nessun Grado di Separazione. Mm. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I would like it more watching it again. But having watched it again, I was kind of like... I don't know, there's something quite static about the staging because it had those like plastic flowers and whatever they were. Yeah, there's like two rows of things on sticks, like balloons and plants. Looks cheap. Bizarrely, some 3D specs. I think so. Don't understand what that is. And I thought her jumpsuit wasn't the best choice of outfit necessarily. She stood on a little disc of grass. Yes. Yeah. But the thing that I found really interesting is the last six months has been this funny meme about is your Eurovision staging like Poland in 2022? And then all the graphics and all the flames and everything and rain and stuff. That's got so many graphics unnecessarily that are on the TV screen. On the screen, yeah. Yeah, it's got like the lots of white blodges and and circles. So many of them. And I feel like it's forgotten for that because that is over the top and completely unnecessary. Doesn't help the song at all. Takes away from it, if anything. It's a nice contrast, actually. I was thinking at the time when we chose this one, like, oh, this is going to come straight after Dieppe. Is it too similar? It's introspective. It's a solo female singer. But there's something about it. It just It's nice that we've had that contrast, particularly when we looked at the performances on the Eurovision stage, in that it needs the sparsity and the starkness that Dieppe had. And maybe you could have something coming to life gradually, rather than having it all full blooming straight away you know what i mean yeah because there's there's like a tree of life in the background with some animated clouds going along yeah and then all that stuff in the front which for some reason there's also like pennywise's balloon (laughs) and it's like and then when she ends on we're all special or we're all precious precious Mm -hmm. it's like okay someone clearly maybe watched wally because of the seed and that sort of thing but it's like well, what's all the other tat on the and stage? that sentiment is quite basic and obvious as well, isn't it? It's kind of one of those Eurovision sort of sentiments that's really sort of basic. It's like, yeah, we are all special. Yeah, we'd be nice if we didn't have wars. Mm. I don't know, when people lean into that too much on a more general level of we should all be kind to each other, that's what I, when I despair a bit of people. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be specific. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But hey, it's it's a beautiful song. I still really like it. And I've been singing it for the last three days, even though I haven't heard it for many years. I keep singing it because I knew we were going to have it on the podcast. I I can hear the studio recording in my head, though. So you must have it on a playlist somewhere. I, I, yes, I think I yeah. must, because that's what I'm hearing as well. I'm not hearing that <laughs> performance. Yeah. It was, it was well sung. Yeah. But yeah. Now, do you know what position it came in the final? So Italy, obviously, big five. Not mm-hmm. in the semi-final, straight to the final. What position did it come? Bearing in mind, it was sung at position number six there. Oof. Which I think is important. 14th. Yeah, 16th. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's not a good not for Italy, position not for Italy, Italy, is it? But then it's not uh, a man. And Italy's usually male singers, isn't it? It does seem like in recent memory, I, I yeah. have to really go back to think of one that's not. Because that's what Margot, Ma- Margot, <laughs> she was called Margot. Margot Magnoni said was that he was despairing of the fact there wasn't male sing- more male singers at San Remo um, this last year. It was all male singers singing. Oh, yes. Yeah. But Francesca Michelin has done San Remo again with uh, another with a male singer and came second again. So, yeah, what, what I didn't say is she came second in San Remo, but the, the group that won San Remo 
decided not to go to Eurovision that year for uh-huh. Italy. So she took the position, even though she was second. Oh. Yeah. And there's this thing about San Remo. It's like the Italian entrance. are like, oh, well, we're bigger than this. San Remo is this huge multi-day contest. It's not just about Eurovision. This is just our thing. And it's big. Right. So. Because they do instantly kind of go to number one based on that, yeah. don't they? And it doesn't follow that they necessarily will go to Eurovision. But, um, yeah. So. Mm. That was Francesca Michelin. She rose to fame. Sorry. So let me tell you a bit more about Francesca Michelin. She rose to fame after winning the fifth season of The Italian X Factor. This makes me sad to hear there's an Italian version of The X Factor. Bloody Simon Cowell. He gets rid of Pop Idol just so he can have his own franchise that he can get all the money from. So he creates X Factor, proves in court that it's different. I remember that court case. (laughs) Then sells all over the world just so he can buy as many pairs of high-waisted trousers as he can fit in his giant closet. And bad facelifts. Honestly, he's so angry whenever I see X Factor. Anyway, that was, was it, a bit of Was it was you of... that hit him off of his bike? Well, I don't regret it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, as I said, she was second in 2016, but also in 2021 with a song called Chiamami Pernome, performed with Fedez. Yeah, it sounds like a delivery service, Fedez. She's only 28 years old. Shouldn't be allowed. <laughs> She was even younger when she did Eurovision. She was like 21 or something. <clears throat> so Michelin explained that the lyrical content of There Is No Degree of Separation, Nessun Grado de Separazione, is inspired by the six degrees of separation theory and the message that despite all of the cultural differences, there shouldn't be distances between people. And the composition's verses tell of a story of a girl who lives in a drawer together with all her crumpled dreams. And at a point in the song, she finds the courage to come out from that shelter to face the true life to open herself to the outside world and overcome her fears and preconceptions. Bless her. She comes out of the drawer. I'm pleased about that. Everyone should come out of the drawer. They should. And she wrote the song during the November 2015 Paris attacks. And that inspired her to reflect on the song's lyrics. All the barriers that exist between people, while the truth is that we're all human beings with dreams and hopes. So, yeah. I quite like that specificity of message about barriers. And... Mm. So, are we done with Francesca? <laughs> should, we, should we put it back in the drawer? <laughs> She'd never be... Once you're out of the drawer, you can't be put back into the drawer. Fair. <laughs> What's our next song, Ryan? So, up next is our Over 15 Years song. Which is anything pre-2008. Ooh, oh, I know what this is. We're going all the way back to 2002. This was a group that represented Slovenia quite controversially back then. The group was called Sestra and the song is called Samo Lubezen.
Okay, so that was Sestra with Samo Lubezen. You've never seen that before, have you? No. Have you heard it before? Yes, I think ah. so. Maybe once. Okay. Yes, very good. <laughs> <laughs> you look like a rabbit in the headlights. What should I say? Ah! Obviously, it's a drag performance. Well, it is drag, but it shows how far back we are in terms of people's understanding of stuff and the kind of terms that were put around. So I think one of those singers or one of those performers had just won Transvestite of the Year. Right. <laughs> Which gives us a clue as how far back we are in terms of understanding, you know. And mm-hmm. So I don't know whether they're transgender or, or what. Yeah. But, yeah. So there's just, there's some gender fuckery going on on this day. On this day, yes. <laughs> and we have a, a drag king, do we not? Almost. Yes. Yeah. So you've got three air stewards yeah. who are the main vocalists. Yeah. And then there's three pilots who are the backing, backing, backing vocalists. Series, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we think maybe one of those could be a drag king. But they could just be wearing a pilot uniform. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But what surprised me was how it's just one of them did most of the singing mm. and the, the other two weren't even doing the lip syncing. They were just doing more movement a lot of the time. Yeah, they yeah. were sort of props more. Yeah. Because I think I, their I little haven't. bit that they had was recorded, wasn't it? Oh, I don't know, possibly. I don't know if they mm. allowed pre-recorded lyrics at that yeah. point. So there's a big scandal because there was issues with the counting at the Slovenian fa- national final that year in 2002. Mm-hmm. And originally someone else was announced as the winner. Ooh. And then they worked out, oh, actually, no, we're wrong. And Sestra have won. But then there was lo- even that made the anti-LGBT stuff even worse. Yeah. Because they felt like it was a fix and it was, you know, deliberate and all this stuff. But the person who lost, who came second, was Carmen Stavich, who is, I think, the represented um, Slovenia in 2003. So she didn't have long to wait. Oh, OK. Yeah. But yeah, Sestra, a very early drag entry into Eurovision. Maybe the... F- yeah, it's... it's, it's yeah. The f- I guess yeah, it's probably the first sort of modern day, air quotes, drag or... Yeah. Yeah. Because it's very difficult to tell what is drag and what is Transcender. not. Yeah, this feels a little bit more Two One Foo's version of drag. Yeah, than Priscilla Queen of the Desert's version. Right. There's a bit more of the cross-dressing yeah. element of it than yeah. drag. Mm. But that's also probably because drag has been redefined since Drag Race. Yes, and then there's also like this sort of like going back to using the terms like sometimes some drag queens say oh, I'm just a transvestite or they say I like I'm a cross-dresser. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They go back to those terms and sort of reclaim them, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah. A different time. Do you want to find out more about Sestra? Yeah, let's go for it. Well, I don't know how the song did. Oh, yeah. So, what what do you think it did? I'm out of, like, 24 or so. I'm going to assume it was fairly middle of the table again. So, choose a So, 13th. It was 13th. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> I don't know how you did that. Because I've already said 12 and 14. Weird and rude. <laughs> um, yes. So they are Thomas, Damien and Sreko. Their names are Sestra, Marlena, Empratrice and Daphne. They were previously called the Suspender Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> and they worked with Dom Svoboda. And that's when they created Sestra. And the song Samuel Basin, which became a number one hit in Slovenia. They did perform on Eurotrash on Channel 4. 
course they did. In 2002. I can picture that. Yeah, so can I. I can almost think I watched it. In their native Slovenia, they also won uh, an award for the best personal style in Slovenia called the Fashion Award, probably just the Fashion <laughs> Award. And they also got a golden record for their for their single, Samo Lubezin. Yeah, their first big performance was in Ljubljana's Gala Hall at Hotel Union. I've been to Ljubljana twice, actually, capital of Slovenia. So there's not much more there on Sestra. Is there anything more about the song? I mean, it's a good, fairly disco-y song, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Barrels along. Yeah. So Samu Lubezin translates as only love. And part of the song is saying, look me in the eyes, you don't have to worry. I know that you feel the same. What you wish for, it isn't a sin. That's love in your eyes. So there's something in there about, potentially about forbidden love and it's not wrong. And yeah, okay. possibly some a gay message there. Yeah. Yeah. Look me in the eyes, you don't have to worry. I know that you feel the same. I can only gift you my love. Only love. Samuel Lubazin. Thank you to Sestra. Moving on. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. So we spent our ad break changing our outfits, didn't we? Did we put our coats on? Yeah, we put our lilac coats on, lilac trench coats. Yeah. But why? So we've got our UK entry, and we have Don't Play That Song Again by Nikki French, who represented the UK, obviously, in 2000.
Okay, so that was Nikki French with Don't Play That Song Again. Now, I have a long journey with this song. Before we get into that, tell me what you think. So my journey is completely the wrong way around because <laughs> I've never seen that before and I've only heard the song once before yeah. and that was when she performed it live at the London Eurovision party. Yeah. And it was like, what the fuck is going on? How does everybody know this? But I enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think she'd won me over from the whole night of just being a badass diva the whole way through. Yeah. But that was fun. Yeah. The thing that really... I really didn't like about it was the backing singers slash yeah. dancers. Yeah, they, they were crap. They weren't good with that. And they were the ones that were shouty. Yeah. And they she looked... She sing. Yeah. They looked really unnecessary and they just took away from it. Yeah. She would have been much better on stage on her own. Right. Without the young sort of yeah. drop these people in to sort of... Yeah. I think for me, this was at a point in Eurovision history, I was like, we shouldn't be sending acts like this. Even then, she felt a bit over the hill. And we all we, we called her Granny Nikki. Uh, <laughs> always have called her Granny Nikki. And she's not a granny there at all. She's probably just in her 40s or something, early 40s or something. But it Really? Because she's looking good for it. She's got a midriff out and everything. I know, but I don't know. She's never someone who looks young, I don't think. We'll have to find out how old she was later. But, <laughs> um, but that song don't play that song again I remember laughing and saying yeah don't play that song again. it's fucking awful I remember being really miserable about it at the time not wanting it to do well on the night not wanting it to represent the UK and being really down on it mm-hmm. um, and then of course the position it came what position do you think it came on the night in? I feel like it came quite badly well, in fact it was the worst at that point it was the worst the UK had ever done right at Eurovision so- now we we went to further depths quite soon after with Gemini and everything. <laughs> For years we were at the bottom. But yeah. Was it like 10th? It, no, it was 16th. Okay. But that was kind of the lowest we'd ever been. Yeah. And I mean, it's a bold claim to call a song, don't play that song again. It, it, yeah, exactly. It's You're asking for trouble. Yeah. You really it's are. got to be the best song in the world to be called that. Yeah, I think so. And it isn't. No. However... I think it really was at the London Eurovision party that my, the, the whole narrative for that changed for me. Because she'd really committed to the night, uh, between every introduction, she changed costume, didn't she? She changed yeah. outfit. And she was fun, and she got a few things wrong. She's not the, the most consummate professional person, but she she's, has a laugh. And when she finally came out in the same lilac coat yeah. to sing Don't Play That Song Again... I just couldn't help but be filled with sort of joy that she was getting to perform to all the fans. And it was the joy of the fans. She closed the night as well, didn't she? After Mae Muller. Yeah. He was after everybody else. So So that was a ballsy move. Yes. And I think she pulled it off. She did. She absolutely did. Yeah. And everyone was singing so much and you were like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, I think that's sort of the power of Eurovision, isn't it? Is yeah. if, if you embrace it and you go with it, yeah. you know, you, you, you can work every May. Yeah. So here's... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and sometimes you can come after May. Yeah. But, Clever. Oh, but honestly, I actually quite like this song now and I never thought I would. Yeah. So that's the kind of weirdness of Eurovision as well. Yeah. yeah. I think it's one of those ones that if you're... You can be a snob about music and not like it, mm. but you can also just enjoy songs. Yeah, and songs can be fun and they can be silly, but and they can mean just as much to you as yeah. sort of like 
a really highbrow song that just doesn't actually yeah. bring you much joy. She's and she's she's also completely British in a sort of like I'm one of you sort of a way. She's not classy, is she? But she's fun. She's infectious. She's well, isn't she just a bit northern? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's so great. She, yeah, and that's to be celebrated, and I love that about her. Yeah. So yeah. I think the only thing that I find irritating is that, you know, on Wikipedia and forever we're always being told, oh, she's best known for her re-release of Total Eclipse of the Heart, which, I don't, did you ever remember that charting? We never did. No. And it was like before 2000, but it's still gone on about that she had this big hit. I remember that at the London Eurovision party, she was promoting a Eurovision's covers album. Yeah, we should we should mention that. Um, and, available but, on Spotify, but, you know. But yeah. then she was absolutely blown away the following week when it actually charted I or know, something. And it's like, so that's lovely. Because, you know, she obviously won the crowd over. Yeah. And there would have been a lot of people in that room that probably didn't know who she was. Yeah. Bless Nikki French. Yeah. Lovely. We love her. We love her now. On to Eurovision. Granny Nikki still there. Or <laughs> Granny Nikki. <laughs> okay, it's time for our semi-final exit song. A song that didn't make it to the final, but was performed at Eurovision. So what have we got? We've got Halo by Lumix featuring Pia Maria, who represented Austria in 2022. Oh, remember this one. Mm. This one was a surprise. <laughs>
So that was Halo by Lumix and Pia Maria for Austria in 2022. What did you make of that semi-final performance, Ryan? Oof. I thought that was rougher than I remembered it being. Okay. Yeah. I remember being surprised that this one didn't get through. I was so surprised. Because I quite liked this one. I, but was, I, I like this one. I thought it was obvious to go through. Yeah, but the staging, like, just it on the stage didn't quite work. My biggest issue is the DJ guy. Okay. He was shouting a lot over it, like, getting the crowd going. Yeah. But it seemed unnecessary, because that's not in the song. Mm. And it seems like he's shouting over Pia. And it almost like she's an afterthought, and it's his song, which I guess it is. Yeah. But that kind of rubs weird with me, because yeah. she's off to one side, and he's in the middle. They're in, they're, they're in this big, giant halo light made up of little halos. So they're already contained... And then he's in the middle pretending to DJ because we all know he's not doing anything. Yeah. And then she's off to one side singing and I think that just hits a bit wrong with me. Okay. So a bit about Pia Maria, full name Pia Maria Orselechner, (laughs) (laughs) if you say so. She received a lot of criticism during the Eurovision pre-parties. Now, this year, 2023, we were really into the pre-parties yeah, and all we the un- talk. And there was, yeah. like, there was a lot of criticism for May Muller for her voice, wasn't there? And the Dutch duo as well, that they weren't singing well enough. And there's a lot of looking at, you know... Splitting of hairs yeah. of, sort of decisions and things like that, yeah. yeah. But Pia Maria was criticised for not having a strong enough vocal. Right. And it came out that it was due to long COVID, that she was having vocal struggles, mm-hmm. but also... Um, her inexperience with in-ear monitors, and they ended up lowering the key for the track so that it was a more comfortable register for her. Okay. I knew this before I watched that, and I thought, I thought she did okay. Yeah. Considering she had had all that stress of dealing with that and yeah. issues with her vocals, then I thought she was actually pretty solid. Yeah. I don't think she was flat at all. Yeah, I'm still amazed this didn't go through. I mean, it's still not as good as um, Dance Your Own Party by The Busker, which should have gone through <laughs> effortlessly this year. But it still should have been one of the ones going through the top ten. Yeah. So what position do you think it came in their semi-final? It must have been 11th. That's what we always say, isn't it? It must have been 11th. It was 15th. Wow. This is what I don't understand. I mean, part of the reason for picking this this episode is we saw a video that was, like, the most streamed non qualifiers Yeah. And this was easily at the top. Mm. And also, shout out to the drag queen, Tia Coffee, because this is one of her favourites. And I remember when this year she was absolutely behind this one. Yeah. So I was getting a skewed opinion of it from her Insta stories all the time. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I have to say, I really enjoyed that. I would listen to that happily. And I wish they'd gone through the final. It's a good song from Austria. And I think Pia Maria did good. As 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 you said, not so keen on Lumix. Yeah. But Pia was great fun, great energy, and I liked how excited she was after just at the end. You weren't here on the weren't heard it on the track. But she screamed just like thank you, I can't believe we did it, sort of thing. It was yeah. really nice. Like that very much. Okay. So we come to the final track that we're choosing. We've got the randomizer still to come, but now we go to the Juice Award. I need you to go to Eurovision. A song that we think maybe should have got through to Eurovision from its national final, but didn't. And this time we're traveling to Albania 
but not very long ago, this year, and we have got who? We've got Fifi with Stop. Oh, gosh. So that was Fifi with the song Stop, which we just saw performed at Fest 61, which yep. is the Albanian national final. Yes. Now, you've got some hot info about Albina Kalmendi and Familia Kalmendi and the Albanian entry. Didn't win that final. Did I? I didn't know that. Well, that was the thing. Yeah. So looking into this, because the, the reason for choosing this song, working back five steps, was okay. my Spotify was like, this looks like your short sort of shit. You're going to be into this, aren't you? And no, I was like, this shit. I was like, oh, I do quite like this. <laughs> and then I was like, well, why are you telling me I like this? And then I saw that it was a potential Eurovision song. Mm. So I 
I've added this to a playlist before even, like, way, way back. Okay. Probably the week it was released onto Spotify or something like that. Because I was like, I do like this, and it feels like a good one. Maybe it'll get selected. Yeah. And then I just completely forgot about it for ages. Like, forgot to check in on the song. Didn't forget about the song. No. Had it on my current playlist. Yes. Played it loads in the car. Good. Good for driving to. Yes. Um, And then when I checked, yeah, it didn't win. Not by no. a long way. <laughs> But I was going to ask you, it didn't even... I don't think that... it even made it to the finale. Yeah, what? I think it fell out of the semis or something like that. But it's amazing. Um, for those of you who want to know, it, the full name of the festival, the national final in Albania, is Festivali i Kingis. And this was the 61st edition, which is why it's called Fest 61. Right. It's not always 61. <laughs> Next then... year will be Fest 62. Oh, <gasps> gosh. I know. You're doing maths. I'm doing maths. It's late live that. on the pod. Wow. Well, <laughs> I haven't even got to go and edit that in or anything. I know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. getting back to the story, was then looking at what did win, what actually won, didn't actually win. No. Or what actually went to Eurovision didn't actually win. Sure. And that was <laughs> Duje. Yeah, or Duye. Duye. Which meant family, didn't it, or something? Something like that. Summit, summit family. It was yeah. a bit Babs, Babs, wasn't it? From not Babs. <laughs> it was a bit Peggy Mitchell, wasn't it? Family, family. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that song that actually went to Eurovision only came second. Cool. And that gives us our theme for the episode because we've had two others that came, one came second and one thought to have come second, but then there was a recount. But now you've confused me because Fifi didn't come second. It was only family, Familia Kelmendi who came second. You just need to take one tiny little step. I, then... I'm willing to take that step for you. Good. Thank you. <laughs> Good. Do you want to hear about Fifi? Yeah, because this, this is Fifi's moment. Yeah. Let's give stop, Fifi her moment. I'm talking about fucking Albania Kelmendi. She's sick bollocks. of them. Stealing. Although we do have a, con- a connection with those guys again. And what's the connection? What is the connection? It was bring your brother to work day, wasn't um, it? <laughs> there's a dancer that appears midway through... And it does look like it could be her brother yeah, doing a bit of overly interpretive dance. Yeah. And we haven't mentioned her outfit either. She has this terrible sculptured frame. Emphasised hips on thing. a blazer. That just makes her look like she's eaten too many pies when she's actually quite slim. But She's got a lot of sass on the stage. I enjoyed oh, that. The but sass the audience... Did flat. not give a shit. They were like, we are not getting into this. No. We have been forced to be here. Yeah. There's about four people clapping at one point, I noticed, um, <laughs> just from behind. And I think they were probably her family. Her family, yeah. They were probably taken out and shot afterwards. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> it certainly did not look like a, a raving good night in Tirana. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess that that was in Tirana, because that's the capital of Albania. I might be wrong. <sighs> Are you going to net her all over the situation? <laughs> I might have netted it. But I'm, I'm just going to believe that Tirana was where Fest 61 oh happened. Good. Good. So Fifi. Yes. How old do you think Fifi is? Probably 23. 29. Oh, yes. Full name, Filoretta Rassi. <laughs> <laughs> I know she's not Italian. In fact, she's from Germany, from a place called Herten. Hmm. She adopted the stage name Fifi, and her first single was called Free Momu in 2015. And she was in a very popular Albanian TV competition called Kenga Magic. Yes. And she also appeared on the Albanian version of Big Brother. 
the VIP yes in 2021 wow so that's a bit on Fifi and she was from Kosovo as well I should say which always confuses me as where Kosovo is (laughs) but she's it says Kosovo hyphen Albanian singer and songwriter yes hmm so that was Fifi a worthy Juice Award entrant I will be playing that regularly good (laughs) Well, thanks to my Spotify discovery. Yes. Thank you, Spotify. How often do we say that? Very rarely. Mm. Although my Spotify's got me banged to rights at this point. It has. It it knows the sort of, as you to quote yourself, the sort of shit that you like. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our work on this episode is done. Oh, no. We have chosen all the songs. And we should actually, let's peek behind the curtain. What? We've already done it once this episode. Let's do it again. We had a load of spreadsheets all in advance for all the previous episodes, but this time we had nothing left in the bank, did we? Yeah. So we had to actually go out and research from scratch what we wanted, what could we include. So, yeah. So, more than ever, we need your suggestions, please, via any of our social media. Otherwise, we may have to give the whole episode over to the randomizer. (gasps) Now, that's a threat. We could do that one episode. We could, couldn't we? Have a randomizer episode. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You're too excited by the, the chaos. <laughs> well, let's see how badly the randomizer screws us over now. Okay. Right. Are we ready? Yes. Let's go for it. So let's remember our predictions. You said 1963. Yeah. I said. Ni- uh, oh. Oh. Suddenly. We're I feel like it was 62 year. or 63. Okay. Well, in that on that basis, I'm going to say 1981 or 1980. Go for it. Then. Yeah. I will. So oh. I'm going to click the dreaded randomizer button. Oh, I thought that. But it wasn't 1981, it was 1991. Yeah. You were right to put the 19 in advance. <laughs> so where was Eurovision this year? I would like to know. Roma. Oh no, it's the Rome contest. Oh no. Jesus. There's some very bad songs. Very few good songs. How many songs do we have to choose from? So there's 22 songs to choose from that year. So the randomizer chose song number 18, which was Belgium's entry by Clouseau called Gif Het Op. And I've already seen on the screen that dreadful Toto person. What's he called? <laughs> Don't know what he's called. Oh, I refuse to remember his name because he's so grim, who gave a really long introduction. And I will make us suffer that introduction again. Mm-hmm. Great. So here we go. Clouseau from Belgium. Let's see how this goes. <laughs>
Okay, so the randomizer delivered us Gerop by Cluzo, who represented Belgium in 1991, and they came 16th, was it, or 18th? 16th. 16th. That's not a good position, considering the crap that was on that night in written. No, that was quite a good song, actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I quite enjoyed it. I mean, other than the obvious strong wet, wet, wet vibes... So strong. <laughs> he was Marty Pello, but with short hair. Yeah. Yeah. He even danced like him. Yeah. It was bizarre. Yeah. yeah. But they, maybe they were doing it before Wet 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 were doing it properly. I, I loved your early question to me during the song. Was he good looking then? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, <laughs> yeah, he was. But the funniest moment when we were watching that was when there was suddenly a close-up of the two um, The main, main singer singers. and the guitarist. And we just went, they're brothers. <laughs> As if we'd uncovered some conspiracy. Yeah. But in fact, they are brothers. They are Cohen and Chris Vortas. And Clouseau is is a long-term concern. It's a key Belgian pop group that anyone who's Belgian is listening is like, what, you've never heard of Clouseau? Are you serious? Ran from the 80s to at least the 2010s I don't know whether they're still going but yeah they had lots of big hits and apparently their performance at Eurovision helped them to get more into Europe Mm -hmm. beyond the Belgian borders they are a big success story in their native Belgium not a bad one I know we're quite happy with that yeah I mean we had to suffer he who shall not be named oh Jesus Christ and the staging the stage setup is a fever dream of just Craziness, and I just want those big lion things to come alive and eat him every (laughs) time. I just hope it's going to happen. It never does. There's no raised area for the people to. They're all standing like they're all just in a an airport lobby. But it's a huge stage, and then it's just got like half of Vegas down one side, and everyone just pops into a casino when they're not on stage. Was it in Milan or was it in Rome? I think it was in Milan. I think it's Roma. Are you sure? I think it's Milan. I need to know. On a need-to-know basis. It was in Rome, talking nonsense. So that was our final song of the episode. One question for you, Ryan, to close off. Yeah. What was your favourite track this time? I think it's Don't Play That Song Again. Really? Yeah. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Why? It just is. (laughs) That it could be that. It just seems so unlikely. Um, I think I feel like it's the most Eurovision-y of all of the songs. I think if I was drunk or merry, of all the songs I'd want to hear at that moment, would probably be Nicki Minaj. <laughs> but I think my favourite is probably No Degree of Separation by Francesca Michelin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there. Well, good for you. Yeah. Before we go, quick plea. Please do review us on any platform you can review us on. I believe you can review us on Spotify now as well as on Apple Podcasts. Reviews really do help. They help people to find the show. They help with the algorithm. Um, Yeah, and and rate us as well. But only if you're going to rate us five stars, thank you, please. (laughs) Our socials. What are they, Ryan? So on Twitter, we're EuroQueensPod. On Instagram, EurovisionQueens. And our email is EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. Yeah, we are not yet on threads. We are not, because you need separate profiles, which is very difficult. It is difficult. I have five Twitter accounts. This just isn't going to work for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how threads is going to work, because no. I don't want news things on there. 
they want it to just be all nice and clean and just mm. people talking about things. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please do remember also our Spotify playlist, which is just called Eurovision Queens, to hear all the songs we played in our episodes so far. And remember to send us messages in any way you want to on any of those platforms to suggest songs we should play. Yeah, if you don't send us recommendations, we're going to hand it a whole episode over to the randomizer. Exactly. They'll want us to do that, though, because yeah, it's going to be so messy. So chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time, I have been Andy. I've been Ryan. Bye. Bye. Oh, that was very, very screechy. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. You've been listening to Eurovision Queens. If you enjoyed the episode, I know that Andy and Ryan would love to hear from you on email, Twitter or Instagram. Better still, why not leave them a review on Apple Podcasts so that other Eurovision fans can find them. 